Good morning, friends. Happy to be here this morning and knowing of seeing all of you out, believing that the Lord is with us today, giving us some little shadow that it won't be so hot here in the tabernacle for the morning service. And now, we uh, believe, is there children, has the children been dismissed from their class? I've seen some little fellows, I just wondered if they had dismissed the classes back into their there are other places into their Sunday school rooms. Now, pray for me. I've got a great decision I was supposed to make last night, and I have to make it today. And let the church pray. I got a, I got a meeting coming up next. It's right on the Iron Curtain line in Germany. And um, so uh, it's a little touchy, and uh, pray for me. And so... Uh, it's, uh, we just start right away and at big cricket stadium in Germany that Hitler made uh, just before the war. Nice big place, seats 80,000 people, and we can have it for 10 nights straight. And so we're hoping to get started in there right away and then over to La Salle Lorraine, France next, then to Berlin. Come back to, I mean, Berlin between that and uh, in France. Then we come back to Lord Willing, and the convention in Chicago begins, I think, the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th is my part in Chicago of the convention at the, the Swedish church. And then there, Mr. Bose, somebody from around Chicago, they got a convention that was coming off this next, beginning 1st of August, or 1st of September it is, in Sweden. And I'm so happy to know that they're vote for me to come over and universal and 100%. I was glad of that, but I got to either go there or down here now. You pray that the Lord will lead me just exactly the place where most souls would be saved and the best would be done for the kingdom of God. Now, they're having a convention up there and, and they, in Sweden, and he said we have 25, 35,000 people to start with at the convention, and many of them unsafe people, and then down here in Germany, well, they got a stadium that sees 80,000, of course, we, in Switzerland, where we just left, we, would, we had a wonderful meeting there, many of you probably have never heard yet, the Lord blessed us mightily, we had 50,000 converts in five nights at, at Zurich, Switzerland, and um, so, Brother Jack Schuler, many of you know him, he's Methodist, old Bob Schuler's boy, they're in Belfast now, and, and they say they're just turning the place upside down over there for the gospel. And even greater than what Billy Graham had in his meeting, Jack is a very fine young fellow, full of zeal and love, and he's he just so sincere at it that I believe he's a great servant of the Lord. And pray for Brother Schuler. And um, and uh, is uh, uh, Jack Schuler and um, Jack MacArthur also is with him. Brother Jack MacArthur is a great preacher too. And there, I have the churchman said it's the greatest revival that's ever hit uh, Ireland. So we're so go to prayer daily for those for those men. They're both young men under around forty, I guess, they're under families and so forth, and good, solid gospel teachers, and we love them. And now, 
I, I pray that you won't forget me. That, that God will let me make the right decision right now. These times where you don't know which way to turn. Did you ever get in them places? <laughs> I believe Paul got in that place one time, didn't he? It's between two straits. And when he was going over, why he saw an angel in a vision and told him, come over to Macedonia. So, the Lord still has his angel, doesn't he? <laughs> if um, I can just see as humble in my heart about it as Paul was. And now, tonight, remember the gospel service this year at the tabernacle. Everybody come out. You around Lowell. I'm speaking for church the open door tonight for a couple hours at uh, 7.30 till 9.30. At uh, Brother Cobbles, I go to come twice here, and then he, such a nice man, and he called up. And, uh, Brother Cobbles, he's a very fine gentleman, brother. You, I'm sure you're a very fine brother, and uh, just couldn't hardly turn him down like that. Pray, above all things, pray, and pray that God will give us the right decision to make. Now. Before we start the gospel message, we got a morning we're to dedicate little children. And I got uh, a little fellow here to dedicate to, to the Lord. Now, many times in many churches, can you hear all right way back if you can? Is it all right? These fans here, I, this, you can hear yourself. Oh, that's all right. I'm afraid I perish for that. <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, the little children, sometimes they sprinkle them in the church when they're little bitty babies. And, uh, of course, that come from uh, the Catholic Church by christening the little children or baptizing, as they call them, when they're just little fellows. The Methodist Church brought it out and, of infant baptism, and many, and I think several more, I think that's the difference between the Nazarene and the old-fashioned Methodist was the infant baptism, and then a little break-offs and so forth. But whatever way, it doesn't, I don't think it matters too much. Because after all, I think Calvary spells the thing out right there to all of it. That's right. Because Jesus died there to save little children and save the world. And a little child, no matter what kind of a parent it's got, uh, how sinful, that wouldn't make any difference. For the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses everything. And this is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That baby cannot repent. It don't know how to repent. It has no reasons to being here for of its own. It can't tell you why it's here. But God sent it here. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses it the very moment that it comes into the world. And it's until it's the age of accountability, then it knows right and wrong. And then what it does, it's got to repent for what it knows that it's done wrong. That's right. So... Some of them, Franklin, and think they don't go to heaven, and there's a teaching that says if the baby's born of a Holy Ghost parent, well, the baby go to heaven, but if it isn't, there's no more to it. The baby just is no more. That's strictly an error. What difference does it make where it's the Holy Ghost parents? It's all sexual desire, and the baby's born the same way. So it's all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. That, that's the scriptural terms of it. So... And then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses and makes an atonement for that child. If it died, be perfectly go right into the presence of God if it was born from the most sinful parents in the world. Until it's the age of accountability where it knows right and wrong, and then what it does from then, it's got to be forgiven for that. It's got to ask its own repentance from then on. Amen. But while it's a baby, 
Now, the way we try to follow here at the tabernacle is the only place in the world that I go I preach doctrine. It's here at the tabernacle because this is our church. We preach doctrine here to keep the people lined up. Other men in their churches, they preach whatever they believe. And they're my brothers. And we might differ a little bit, but we're still brothers, just the same. And But here in the tabernacle, we preach uh, what we think is scriptural doctrine. And in there, we see for the dedication of children, what we call a dedication, the only time in the Bible that we can find out of where in the New Testament that where little children was ever uh, had anything to do, or Christ had anything to do in it in a ceremony, was he take them up in his arms and laid his hands upon them and blessed them and said, Suffer little children to come to me. Forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, we are left, as we understand, to carry on the work that he come to, to uh, accomplish. His death at Calvary, he was with us, and he went from, come out of God into the world, went back from God, uh, from the world into God, and come again in the form of the Holy Spirit, and is with us, in us, to the end of the world, carrying out in his church the same work that he did when he was here on earth. And by that, we take our children one to the other, to the ministers, and they pray over them, lay their hands up on them, and dedicate them to God, just a little ceremony to say that we appreciate what the Lord has done for us for the little children. Now, if your little one has been sprinkled or whatever way it is at your church, thank you. We don't say one thing against that. It's all right. But scripturally, we only find one place that's where Jesus blessed in himself. That I shall read, the Lord willing. In the, in the Word here, we find in St. Luke's... Uh, I believe it's the, uh, the 10th chapter, and beginning with the 13th verse. And they brought young children unto him, that he should touch them. And his disciples uh, uh, rebuked them, they brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Isn't that lovely? He said, Now suffer the little children to come to me, don't forbid them, for such, such like that little child is the kingdom of God. And he took them in his arms and blessed them. Now how we would love this morning if we could have Jesus sitting in person here on the platform say, Lord, would you bless my child? Oh, what a, for, for our human eyes and our hearts longing to see that, but he's here anyhow. For he give us the commission to do it, and as we have done, so does he recognize. We receive one he sent, receive him as sent he received. So he's here this morning, and if Sister Gertie will come up to the piano and play our old song we used to sing a long time ago on this, bring them in, bring the little ones to Jesus. I believe it's in the book there somewhere. I'm not sure. Bring the little ones to Jesus.
And if you have a baby, a little baby that has not been dedicated and you want to dedicate it this morning, why, we'd be glad to do it. And is there any ministers in the building, preachers, that would just uh, want to walk up and stand with us here while we dedicate these children to the Lord? We'd be glad to have you uh, as you come. All right. Is it in the book there? It is in there. All right. How many of those to bring them in? All right. Let's sing it now. Everybody together. While the mothers bring your babies. All right. All right. Yeah, 
I got down there. I wrote about six little things down here, little subjects, and I wrote one, put it in my pocket like this. I thought, well, when I get to the pulpit, maybe he'll tell me something to talk on. <laughs> now I'm just as far off as it was up there. So uh, anyhow, I'll read a scripture here. The Lord help us to understand it. The 14th chapter of St. Luke. And let's begin about the 30, 31st verse of the 14th chapter of St. Luke. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consult whether he is able with ten thousands to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand, or else while he is either is yet a great way off, he sendeth forth an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, I want you to notice close. At first he said, uh, it's a parable. He said, now there's a king coming, and he's got 20,000 soldiers, and this king is going to meet him, and he's only got 10,000 soldiers. So then the first he sits down and asks if he's ready. Uh, whether he can do it or not. All right. Uh, of you who forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. See? I may the Lord add his blessings to this word. Now, shall we bow our heads just a moment? Our Heavenly Father, thou who knowest all things and regardeth not the person of man. For what is man that thou art mindful of him? You made man, and he's just like the flower of the field. Today he's beautiful, tomorrow he's cut out, cast into the oven, and he wilts away. And I pray thee, God, to be merciful to us today, and let each one take inventory today. We are here as in the house of correction. We're here to learn and know how to live. And let it come forth from thy word today, O eternal God. Many of thy children has gathered in. And many of them has been your children for years. But in that, we all come back to the house of God to learn and to know. And I, your servant, desire to know more about you. And I pray that you'll... Bring the inspiration of the gospel upon all of us, upon thy servants, and that your presence in inspiring us to this building will be so great today that we'll leave in our hearts desiring to be better servants of yours, that it will be profitable for us to be here. Oh, merciful God, grant these blessings in Jesus' name, thy Son. Amen. Now may the Lord add his blessings to the word as we read. I want to take a text this morning at the enticing spirit or uh, the word of God. Now, rather a strange uh, subject, but being that it's in the tabernacle. And last Wednesday night, last Sunday morning, I was speaking on uh, a little gospel jubilee. And last Wednesday night, I was preaching on the woman that had the, the tablet over her head or the 
she lost one of her pieces of coin, and she was sweeping the house and trying to find it for her husband come. And come to find out that that woman was an Oriental-type woman, and she and represented the church. And a wedding band used not to be wore on the finger. It was wore across the head with nine pieces of silver in it. And when a woman become a prostitute, they took out one piece of silver and showed that she was a prostitute. And so this woman had lost one of the pieces, not a prostitute, but her husband had been away, and she was trying to hurry to find that piece, to put it back in her tablet, for when her husband comes, he would know that she had been caught in prostitution. And it would mean a breaking up of home and so forth. And I applied that for a few moments to the church. Lost a lot of great things. And it's time for fathers to come, so we got to hunt them up. Now, knowing in the church and our tabernacle, and I, I want to speak on enticing spirits, which is, would be really titled demonology. You hear so much about demons of these days, but you hear so little about how to get rid of it. We all are, are well aware that there's devils, but the next thing is how to get rid of that thing. And now, uh, there is having, by the grace of God, much opportunity to deal with these things called demons, and meeting them at the platform and in daily walk. And I'd like to look into the scripture this morning and find out just what those things are. Now, we've applied it in a healing service all the way to the healing side. Cancer, tumor, cataracts, tuberculosis, all those things are not natural things. They are supernatural and are demons. The scripture plainly vindicates that. But that is demons in the body with growth like cancer. It's got life in it. And the life of that is a demon. Growth of the cataracts, the spread of tuberculosis and uh, other diseases. It's demons. That's in physical form. Now this morning we're going to call, talk about demons in spiritual form, in the soul. They're in the soul as same as they're in the body. And we're bound to admit that we see them in people's bodies, such as cancers and, and different diseases that's in the human body. Just recently, even cancer has been declared to be a fourth dimension disease. That is in another dimension. Sure, demonology, every disease is a fourth dimension disease. The beginning of it. Now, but now, cancer in the body or cancer in the soul. The demon can come in either place. Now, there's many times in many people with good thoughts that, uh, and good people who try many times to, to rest upon uh, some uh, little theology they have or something that they have been taught since a child and still find that down in their being, down in their soul, that they still have something that's not right. You many are here this morning. No doubt wherever you find Christians gathered together, you find people who have those spirits in them that they, it's undesirable. They don't want them. They say, oh, if I could only quit lying, if I could only quit lusting, if I could only quit this or that. Now, that is devils. And now they come in the form of religion. 
many times. A being in Sunday school is a time of teaching. So let's look into this. Now, they come in the form of religion many times. Now, in the scripture once there was a man by the name of Jehoshaphat, a great man, a religious man. And he went over to another king, which was the king of, of Israel, and he, Jehoshaphat being the king of Judah, and he went down to Ahab, the king of Israel, and they got all buckled up together and made an alliance with one another to go fight up at the Ramoth Gilead. And they did it without first praying. Oh, if people could only realize. That's why I come this morning and ask you to remember me as I go overseas. And all things pray. Someone come the other day and said, Brother Branham, do you think it's wrong to do a certain thing? I said, what are you questioning about? See, if there's a question in your mind, leave it alone. Don't do it at all. Just stay with that. When you start to do anything, and if it's a question, whether it's right or wrong, stay away from it. Don't go into it at all. Then you know you're right. Now, all things ought to be considered prayerfully first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added. I am positive sure this morning, if men and women could only get into the position of where their soul, their thinking, their attitude would be perfect in the sight of God, that would be one of the most powerful churches that ever existed. Watch just a few moments on the physical. Now, we are, have many times, have for years, we got what we call a lie detector. You can put it on your wrist, set it across your, their head, and you can get in there and try your best to make a lie sound like the truth, and it will register negative every time. Because the human was not made to lie. Lying is a deceitful, hard thing, evil thing. I'd rather have a drunkard with me any day than a liar. See? A liar. And your body wasn't made to lie. No matter how sinful you are, you're still a fallen son of God. The most sinful person in this city today, God didn't intend you to be sinful. He wanted you to be a son or daughter of His. You're made up in His own makeup. But sin has caused you to do that. And no matter how much you try to impersonate and try to make a lie seem right, they got a scientific instrument that proves that it's wrong. You can tell it with all the innocence you want to, but it'll still register negative. Because there's a subconscious down in a human being. And that subconscious knows what's truth. And no matter what you're saying out here, that subconscious knows that it's a lie. And it will register off the subconscious. Therefore, if a man or a woman could ever get their thoughts and their testimony and their lives so lined up with God, amen, until the channel of the Holy Spirit would be perfectly one with God, what would take place if the man and woman could ever get 
the altar to be prayed for. They have intellectual faith. They confess their sins and join our church by intellectual faith. They believe it in their, their mind. They believe it because they've heard it. They believe it because they know it's the best policy. But that's not what God looks at. He don't look at your intellectual faith. He looks on the heart, or on the inside, God. And when it comes from the heart, all things are possible then. Your confession meets up with your life. Your life speaks as loud as your confession does. But when your confession says one thing and your life lives another, there's something wrong somewhere. That's because you've got an intellectual faith and not a faith from your heart. And that shows that outside here is a knowledge of God, but inside here is a demon of doubt. I believe in divine healing, but it's not for me, see? I, it could be so, but I don't believe it. Yet, outside you say yes, inside your conscience says no. That same scientific thing would prove that that was the right. Prove it. Notice, when these kings, before they started out, they should have, before Jehoshaphat ever made an alliance with Ahab, he ought to first said, let us pray and see what the will of the Lord is. Give me a preacher. Give me a Christian. Give me a housewife that's a Christian. Give me a farmer or a, a factory worker that will put God first in everything. I'll show you a man will be successful in spite of all the devil can put on him. He seeks God first. We must have first. But they didn't do it. They were all clouded over because Ahab had a great, bright kingdom and he had um, uh, done a whole lot of things and had his great fineries, his gold and his silver, and been a great successful man, yet an unbeliever. And that's where the world is today. That's where America stands today. That's where the church stands today. We've built some of the best churches we've ever built. We've had some of the best polished scholars we've ever had. We've taught some of the best theology and so forth and learned to sing like angels. But yet there's a weakness somewhere. There's a weakness because they've gone out after man's doctrine and enticing spirits instead of coming back to the Word of God. They try to make things pattern like the world. They try to put shiny lights over it, like Hollywood. Here the other day, a famous denomination, the full gospel rim in Kansas City, or I beg your pardon, in Denver, at the convention, is building a million-dollar church. And thousands of missionaries waiting for 50 cents from that same denomination to carry the gospel into the heathen. What we need today is a missionary-minded, God-set, Holy Ghost-born revival that will have the zeal of God to push on out into the jungle, Jenner, and do something for God instead of build big, fine churches and try to outshine the neighbor. I'd rather worship in a mission where it have been swept out of a barroom and have the freedom of the Holy Spirit and the love of God burning into the heart and set in the greatest cathedral that we got in the world and be cramped down. With man's doctrines and dogmas. We need the day of the shaking revival. Get back to the truth. Get back to God's word again. Now, when they went out there, and after a while, Jehoshaphat kind of came to himself and said, Heaven, let us consult the Lord about this. 
He said, all right, Ahab did, and he sent down and got hundreds, four hundred fine trained preachers. And he brought them up there and said, these are all prophesiers. And so they went into their enchantments, and they began to call, and they said, yes, you go on up in peace. The Lord is with you. And then, after all those 400 had give witness that they should go up in peace, Yet Jehoshaphat knowing. Do you get it? See, down in that righteous man's heart, there was something told him there was a burr in the salad somewhere. Something was wrong. Ahab said, now we got 400 here. And with one accord, every one of them says, go, the Lord is with you. But Jehoshaphat said, haven't you got one more? He said, well, what do we need with one more? Have we got 400 of the best educated men in the country? They're all same goal. That was intellectual. But down in Jehoshaphat's heart, he knew there was something wrong. Now, he said, we got one more. He's Micah. But I hate him. That he's always saying something evil and popping off where he has no business to be, and he's down in the churches and everything. Said, so I hate him. Said, so go get let's see what he'll say. And when Micah come up, he said, they said, now look, you say the same thing the rest of me. He said, he said, I'll only hear it is. I'll only say what God says. Amen. No matter what your prophet says and what this says. What your church says and what they say, I'll say what God says. God put on my lips and I'll say what He says. What we need today is some more Micahs who will say what God says. Notice. So they got him up there. And he said, Give me tonight. So that night the Lord met him and he come back the next morning when the two kings sat in the gate. He said, Go up. Said, go on up. He said, I see Israel like sheep scattered without a shepherd. So this one preacher, all dressed up, walked up and smacked him in the mouth and said, Which way did the Spirit of God go when it went out of me? He said, You'll find out when you come back. <laughs> yeah. He said, Listen here. He said, We are the servants of God. We're 400 and you're one. But Micah said, I'll tell you where your trouble is. Amen. Amen. Said, I saw visions. Amen. He said, and I saw God sitting on his throne. And I saw the host of heaven standing around him. And we know that the word of God has pronounced cursings upon this man from the way he has done. You can't bless what God has cursed. Neither can the devil curse what God has blessed. It's an individual affair, no matter how poor, how stupid, how unlearned, how uneducated. What God blessed is blessed. What God has cursed is cursed. No to differentiate what is right and what is wrong. Micah knew good and well that that wasn't the Lord that was with them preachers. Well, what was the matter with those preachers? Notice what they've been. They've been dressed the best. They've been fed the best. 
go down there and to see they had. And a lying spirit said, I'll go down there and entice Ahab through those preachers to call Ahab to go out there in order to bring the word of God to pass. Now, today, so many people are listening to uh, Sunday school. I love it. Look, so many people are listening to enticing spirits instead of taking the word of God. Spirits, they're in the world. They're demons. And they go out into places. And they get amongst men, ministers. They get amongst church members. They get amongst good people. And they cause them to come into the illusion. And they say things and do things and teach Amen. things and practice Amen. things that's contrary Amen. to the Word of God. Amen. Today, ministers of their congregations are allowing their people to play cards in the churches, many of them. That's not altogether Catholic. There's a lot of Protestants does that. What they try to do is substitutionary something. They try to adopt some new plan. They try to adopt education to take the place of the Holy Ghost. You'll never be able to do it. No matter how well your man is educated, I think it's a good thing for him to be educated. But if he hasn't got the Holy Spirit with that, his education will do him no good. Education will never take the place of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice that instead of this, they have tried to adopt handshaking for the old-time experience we used to have. Today, the church has become modern. They walk up and give the right hand of fellowship. And that's about the way they do it. But it'll never take the place of the old-fashioned mourner's bench where sinners called out and got right with God. Right. Today, they're trying to take the place of God's tithing. They're trying to adopt something. They're trying to make it different. They go down and have bunco games in the churches. Play lottery. Lottery will never take the place of God's tithing. Suffering. Blanket selling. Picnic. To raise money. To pay different debts off. It'll never take the place of God's eternal tithing offering. It'll never do it. But yet we're trying to do it. What is it? It's enticing spirits. Coming down, trying to sub- substitute something for the Word of God. God has no substitute for His Word. It's eternal and forever. God has nothing to substitute faith. Faith has no substitute. Hope will never take the place of faith. Faith is alone, stands alone. It'll never take the hope can never take its place. Hope is the substance. The things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, or faith is rather. See? Hope's one thing, faith is another. Hope hopes for it, faith has got it. One's intellectual faith, the other's direct revelation of God. It'll never take its place. We're trying, but we're making all these substitutes. We're trying to build great churches instead of send missionaries. Another substitute. Jesus never ordained anybody to build a church. It never was ordained in the Bible. We put up seminaries. They let that take the place of missionaries. 
one of them enticing spirits is telling you that's all right, but it's a lie. A grain of wheat will only produce wheat. If you're a Christian, you won't do that. You can't do it. You just can't do it. You've got an intellectual faith and say, Brother Brandon, I'll believe the Bible. Your life tells that you don't. Amen. Enticing spirits first in the Word of God. He knew where he was standing, Micah did. He had the Word of God. He was a very unpopular man. Nobody liked him because he told the truth. So they like these preachers. Now, another thing that has taken place. I believe and think that any man that's got an experience with God or a woman is bound to get a little emotional. I just believe it. Try it. But you know what? They've adopted emotionalism for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They just get a lot of noise and there's nothing in it. You live just as holy as you live noisy. Then you'll be all right. Emotions is certainly all right. Body exercise talks a little. But enticing spirits has got over into the holiness group of people. And they've got them to just resting upon because they can shout or because they can dance. Because they can make emotions. That old fellow down there, the chief of all them prophets, the preachers, he was so sure that he was right that he made himself a pair of horns. And danced all around and made a big commotion. He was going to push the other Assyrian army out of the country. But it was a lie. God's word is said different. Amen. Amen. See, you can be emotional, right? If you've got the right kind of emotion behind it. The right kind of emotion moving your emotion. David danced before the Lord. And his wife laughed at him. And God looked down out of heaven and said, David, you're a man after my own heart. But his motives is right. His life is right behind it. So just because we can be emotional don't mean that we're saved. Because we go to church don't mean we're saved. Don't believe those enticing spirits. A real spirit of God, a real word of God is the truth of God, which is the seed of God, will produce God in your life. Be godly, saintly. Holy. Amongst a lot of people we find where emotions and so forth, there become stabbings and backbitings and all kind of ungodly things. Rather, that's sulfuric acid in the church. It's demon power. Spirit of men and women who get among one another and try to push off and say, this is not right and this is not right and that's not right. If you'll chase it down nine times out of ten, it's the very person making this turn it's not right. Man. God hates discord among brothers. Be reverent. Be holy. Love God. Stand by. And as long as you know your life is giving up for the Bible with purity of heart, purity of thought, love towards your brothers, kind your best up, build the kingdom of God, and doing those things, dressing right, living right, talking right, going right places, then you can have all the emotions you want to, and everybody will believe it. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt is lost, the Savior is henceforth good for nothing to be cast out and caught around the foot of man. If you're just salt alone, it's no good. But if you got the Savior in it, you be salty, the world will be thirsty. Amen. You get salty, they'll be thirsty. Oh, my. Enticing spirits going forth. Demons under disguises. Look, 
We're in the last days. We're in the end time. The world is just about ready to come to its head. Like a store boil somewhere. That's going to explode one of these days and the core jumps out of it. It's become filthy. There's no staff can heal it. They rejected the, the therapy. They rejected the treatment. You take a boil arising there, and if you don't take penicillin or something to knock it out or something another, it'll just keep rising till it'll burst. That's what the world does. It started not long ago to let down. So we got off on great big ideas. False spirits come in and begin to tell people this, that, the other. We broke up into 900 and something different denominations. Everyone had a different view. They say, we believe this, period. That's all we believe. They can't let the Holy Spirit come in. They can't have the right away. God got a bunch of people that could shout. Then everybody had to shout. They got some could speak with tongues. Then everybody had to speak with tongues. They got all I guess to become what? Absolutely contaminated with enticing spirits, enticing people to do these emotions when there's no God in it at all. Then they go out and live any kind of life they desire to live. And then call it Christians. And the world sits and looks on and says, well, look at there. I'm as good as they are. Like I said other night about the hall, about the sinners. You can't blame a sinner's a sinner. Don't try to reform him. Don't try to tell him this, that, or the other. He's a sinner to begin with. He's a pig to begin with. He don't know no difference. If he goes to the movies and he goes on Sunday and he goes to ball games and he does all these things, he's a sinner to begin with. His nature's like a hog. No hog stick his old down manure pile and eat all the grains out of it and everything. Well, that's he's a hog. You can't blame him. He's a hog. Amen. That's why we're sinners. But when you go and call yourself a Christian and stick your nose in with him, then you're no better than he is. Amen. But you're aware. Come out from among it. Let go of the world. Amen. Let go. Let God. Let go. How do you let go? So many people are wondering today. They say, well, Brother Branham, how do you let go? I know you heard a lot of theology on it. Let go. A lot of people just work up a sweat trying to let go. Many people come around and say, I'm going to go on a 40-day fast so I can do something. You don't need a 40-day fast. You need to let go of the world and all these devilish things. And take God's word in your heart. You've got to be taught how to do that. You don't do it by jumping up and down, neither do you do it on a 40-day fast. You do it by a surrendered heart to Almighty God. Like a little baby. I noticed my little baby back there, his mother trying to put his little jacket on him this morning. He wanted to get his little arm in the sleeve. He couldn't put his arm in there. He don't know how. You've got to guide his little arm. He wants to get his arm in there, but he's just beating all around it. He never gets to the sleeve. He knows he's not in the sleep. And so do you know that you're not right with God. When you're still backbiting, lying, doing everything. You can't be right with God. I don't care how many churches you belong to until your soul becomes converted. Brother, that's old-fashioned, but that'll boil down and put soup in your soul. Right? Try to put his arm in got to have someone to direct him in. How to put his arm in. Then when he gets his arm in his little jacket, he knows he's all right. That's the way it is that they were born again Christians. 
When he really gets into God, he watches his life with God's Word, he realizes he's lined up with every bit of it. He's got long-suffering, gentleness, quietness, meekness, power, faith, love, joy, peace. He ain't bossed about like a troubled seas. He ain't worried about every little thing. He ain't jumping here and there like a bottle stopper on a windy ocean. He's set. His heart's pure. His thoughts are pure. His intentions are pure. His alternatives right. And he knows he lines up with the Word of God. All hell can't move him. Line with the Word of God. He's got divine love, pure in his heart. For every man and woman. He's got his abstain from the things of the world. They're dead to him. He don't want them no more. Amen. Well, you couldn't make a Holy Ghost girl put on a pair of them ungodly looking clothes and get out there for nothing. Amen. Now, there's no need to go and tell her she's wrong. Of course, she won't believe you. Because that's all she knows. That's her joy. The woman puts on those little things to get out of the evening. Yes, when the man comes home, the government just to mow the yard so she, and tell me that's right. Woman, I don't mean to say you're, you're evil. I don't mean to say you're immoral. But you don't realize, sister, that an unclean spirit has got a hold of you. What would you do it for? You've got sense enough to know that it's not cooler. It's hotter. There's an unclean spirit. You say, need me? I went to church. Nebuchadnezzar was a great man. But because he got haughty, God gave him the spirit of an ox. And let him eat grass for seven years. And his fingernails go out like some of these women do around here. That's right. And he got demon-possessed. A man got demon-possessed and stripped his clothes off. He couldn't put clothes on him. Do you see what I mean? It's enticing spirit. Your church puts up with it. Your preacher's afraid to say anything. They're afraid that you won't pay in your tithes anymore. That's the reason. That's the trouble. My goodness, how are you going to preach to a bunch of buzzers that you get them converted and right with God to begin with? The roots are nose and dead stuff all the time, watching these are jumping out in old-fashioned revival, sweep from coast to coast to get men and women right with God. Let loose the things of the world. Let loose the petty talk, pedal preaching. Amen. Amen. Preach the gospel. God said so. If you love the world, the things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. People can jump up and down and shout all night long and speak in tongues like corn peas or dark eyes. Walk right out the next morning with enough temper to fight a buzz off. Go right on out and tell something in the church that will cause the whole church to be broke up. It's nothing in the world but enticing demon spirits. You want to come back to the word for God is pure, is holy. Amen. Amen. Right. Enticing spirits. Bursting the word of God. Here's a man not long ago, got a little woman. Catholic's got a dozen over there. In a time of her menopause, comes out in her hands and her forehead. If a good Holy Ghost preacher I saw, that man had a bottle of that stuff out of her hand going around anointing people with it. Mercy is Antichrist. I don't care if blood comes from her nose or from her head or where. Brother, there's no blood will take the place of Jesus Christ. That's the only blood I know anything about. She might have oil 
Word of God, the blessed old Bible. Say, well, I'm afraid to become that, Brother Branham. I'm afraid that I'll lose some of my joy. What's the matter? You don't know what joy is. Amen. I said I don't condemn the drunkards for going out and getting drunk. He's all moody. He don't know. He gets up in the morning. He's got the blues, the hangover. Goes out and gets him two or three bottles of beer. Goes out and gets him some whiskey and all that kind of stuff. The little cigarette sucker sits back and smoke and blow it through his nose like it was a freight train. That's all. I, I don't blame him. That's all the joy he knows. That's all he knows about. He's a pig by nature. Shame on you. Who profess to be a Christian and rely on such things for joy. When the Holy Ghost gospel is in the one great big powerhouse of joy. The Holy Ghost gospel is a perfect intoxication. For every man that's got the blues, you take a drink of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're drunk until you leave this world. Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a constant stimulation. It's a constant intoxication. Drunk day and night. Amen. That's the word of God. The church comes around, adopts other things. They have to have a little party where they all go out on the beach to have recreation. A card party, you get together for fellowship. That's right. Have a dance. Sometimes at one of the members' house. Sometimes in the church basement. A dance. Adopted. Trying to get something to satisfy. What's the matter with the big bunch of pigs anyhow? They're pigs to begin with. If it ever come in contact with Christ, it has so much joy, those things would be deader than midnight. Gospel. Drunk on the Spirit. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Don't condemn the sinner. Have mercy on him. Let him go ahead and smoke his pipe. Let him drink his liquor. Let him have his card party. That's his pleasure. Don't blame him. Coming home and everything tired and worn out, he wants the pleasure. But thing for you to do is live such a godly life that you can prove to him that the gospel holds ten thousand times more than that place. And if he dies in that state, he'll go to hell on his liquor. That's the devil's intoxication. If he dies dragging on that old pipe, God be judged. If he dies going out here dancing and running out with him all clothes on, God be judged. But there's one thing. If you die under the anointing power of the Holy Ghost, like Stephen did when he looked up in the face of God, said, I see heavens open, and Jesus sitting at the right hand. You're a heaven bound like a Martin to its spot. Amen. I see spirits bursting the word of God. Let loose. Let go. How you do it, Brother Brandon? Just let go. That's all you have to do. Take God's word. Don't try to work up nothing. Don't get out there already beating on her. Lord, give me the Holy Ghost. Lord, give me the Holy Ghost. You ain't coming you beating on that order. That don't do no good. No. Every way it comes is taking him at his word. Look at Peter. Peter was in a trouble. Look like he's going to die. And he seen the Lord come walking on the water. And he said, Lord, if that be you, bid me come. Lord said, come on. 
Now Peter said, now wait a minute, Walker. Let me go on a 40-day fast. <laughs> to see if I can walk on that water or not. Oh, Lord. Let me get enough spirit on me that I can dance in the spirit and speak in tongues in this boat. Then I can step out. No, sir. He took God at his word. Let loose and let go. God took him through. Why does God make Moses? And he said, Moses, go down there. And do the Egypt and tell the Pharaoh, let my people go. Why does Moses say, let me go on a 40-day fast first and see if I got faith enough to obey you, God? Give me something. Something the Lord, let me tell you something. Let me see if I get the spirit first. Moses never asked no questions. He just took God at his word and took off. That's where you have to do it. Take God at his word. Then you know you'll be able to do it. He didn't wait till something else taking place. He just went ahead and done it. What about Elijah? When he come down off the Mount Carmel, been up there for a long time, and he met a poor widow woman. She was a she was an alien, a Gentile. And when he met her down there, she was picking up some sticks in the yard. And God told him to go down to that widow's house. What a place for the preacher to go. There he was down to the widow's house. And what she did, she had two sticks. So what are you doing? She said, picking up some sticks. I got just enough meal to make a couple of corn cakes. That's all I got left. It's three years since we had any rain. And said that I'm going to make these corn cakes and me and my boys go to eat them and die. He said, make me one first. Hallelujah. Oh, I know I'm a little bit crazy, but I'm on the Lord's side anyhow. He said, make me one first. For thus saith the Lord. There you are. What is it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not the kingdom of God in a little noise. Not the kingdom of God in a little motion. Not the kingdom of God in a little this or that. But God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. What first? Now. That would have heard that. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. She said, that's the word of the Lord, for that's a holy man of God. That's God's prophet. And I know it's the truth, and that's the word of God. Now, she didn't run across to ask the neighbors how to do it. She didn't want to go to share her, to tell her neighbors, say, no, what do you think? The preacher's over my house saying this. God, seriously, what do you think about this? She went in and began to jump out. <laughs> she let go. <laughs> She let go of what she had, that she might get more. That's what the world needs today is a good old-fashioned letting go of what she got. Hallelujah! She jumped out so she could get filled up. She jumped all the oil she had and all the, oil she had and all the meal she had to the preacher, to the kingdom of God. And when she dumped it all in there, God come down, filled up the meal bag, filled up the oil jug. She dumped it again into the preacher's place and come down, filled it up again. He jumps in there. Every time she jumps, he feels it. I'll say today, a man will jump out of all this nonsense of carrying all this impersonating Christianity and let the Holy Ghost take his place. There will be a revival short on eight and he'll creep down and shoot the whole Put the nonsense. Get back to the Word of God. Jump out! You might fill up. You let go and God will let come. You jump out, God will fill in. All the petty things that you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. Forget it. Dump it out of your soul. Say, God, 
Let me from this holy this day be holy thine. Lord, I come with a broken heart. I come with a contrite spirit. I love you. And you know I love you. And I want to forget all this foolishness of all these forty day fasts and see if I can get closer to God and all this, that, the other, all this nonsense. Stop it. There's nothing in the world tells you to have a forty day fast. Not a thing. Nothing in the world tells you to fast unless God would tell you. And if you fast, you ain't going to get hungry and go all these things. As you're fasting, brother, you'll be joy and happy all the time. So don't appear before men like hypocrites do with a long, sad face. I'm on a 40-day fast. My plates won't fit me anymore. I've lost 30 pounds. And they told me I'd look better after this was over. Oh, nonsense is enticing spirits of the devil. Get the altar. Say glory, glory, glory. You can't hardly say anything else and say you got to speak in tongues before you get the Holy Ghost. Nonsense. Dump it out. Get that out of your system and come on the Word of God. He said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God, don't keep His Word. He's not God. Amen. Amen. Just feel that. Amen. I love that. That's His Word. God said so. That's right. And when God said it, I'll take care of it. All right, all the preparations you make, all the going to church you do, it's just like down here at the car, work where they build a big bunch of freight cars, a big bunch of passenger cars. I used to work there. And they're taking builders, big coaches and everything, and put hardwood and lay mahogany all around, and everything's so beautiful. Set out down a track, and it was as dead as a doornail. There set the engine, no steam in it. She just sat there. What it needs today is some fire and a barter. What it needs today is some steam. What it needs today, the church, to boil the hottest boiling thing there is to boil sin out of your life is love. And if you can't love one another, how are you going to love God who you haven't seen? Love hides them all to of sin. Get in love with God. Then you'll love one another. Then you'll love the church. You'll love the cause. You'll love everything. It's godly. And you'll keep waiting the things of the world. It's icing spirits going around, telling people this, that, or the other. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. It's because that denominations has raised up. And they've got a little revelation. that they say, well, now, I believe that a man, I believe that such a thing is shouting in the Bible. That's right. That's the truth. They made a denomination out of it. When you shout, you got it. But you haven't. Next to raise up, that's speaking in tongues. That's right. That's in the Bible. Well, when you speak in tongues, you got it. But a lot of them spoke in tongues and didn't have it. See? That's not it. No, sir. A lot of them said, well, we got this. Prophesy. Look at these prophets here with horns on their heads, jumping up and down and prophesying. Like Micah said, you're everyone lying. Amen. Right. God, don't come like that. God comes to a sincere heart that comes with a contrite, broken spirit. He that goeth forth, pulling his tears, will doubtless return again, rejoicing, bringing with him precious sheaves. Amen. Get that right, friends. So much demonology. Demons working in human souls. Watch where it bears its fruit. Watch what kind of a life a person lives. See the way they're acting. Watch the way they do. See what their motives is. It's just as impossible. And if I told you that the only way here is just the cars, all lined up here. Heaven is in Charleston. You can't walk. The only way you can go is a car. And every man that crosses the line must bring in five gallons of gasoline. Here's his car, but if you don't have gasoline, you can't run it. Well, that's exactly 
perfectly the way it is in heaven. If you die without God, I don't care how you live and how many cars you built, if the love of God isn't there to pull you into the kingdom of God, you're lost. It's a negative and positive. No matter how much positive this current runs here, if it hasn't got a groundwater, it'll never last. That's right. You've got to be rooted, grounded in the love of God. Oh, brother, bring that negative and positive together. You'll have a life, the good old passion, gospel life. Break from shore to shore. You'll never have it. I don't matter how much shaking and jumping you can do with the positive. You've got to have the groundwater to flash the light. Amen. Amen. You ever notice you set a ground wall here on this? It ever bit goes plumb back down here to the substation, right down to the ground. And every time a man gets rooted and grounded in God's Word, it roots and grounds in his towering out of where the anchor of the solid host of God was brought there to face the light of the gospel. Amen. Amen. You know what's the matter? People in these great big coal farm of Mars out here pretending to be preaching the gospel. A little preacher come to me yesterday, belongs to one of the greatest denominations there is in the land today outside of Catholic. He said, Brother Branham, I'm sick and tired. He said, they're going to make all those preachers put old robes and turn their collars around and, and preach certain things tonight. They'll tell us what to preach on each quarter. He said, I can't stand it no longer. Yeah. He said, what must I do? Must I start preaching the gospel? I said, Brother, as long as you're with that denomination, respect it. You say, just what you are, but walk up to your presbyter or your state superintendent and say, Sir, I've been born again of the Spirit of God. Here's the Word of God. If you'll let me preach that, I'll stay in the church if you don't. I'm gone. Turn it over to somebody else. Uh, that's the way to do it. Don't beat around the bush. Don't be nagging. Come out and say what it is. Uh, right. He said, Brother Brandon, you think I have a congregation? I said, where the carcasses, the eagles will be gathered. Right. Follow. Like the man was that had set the chickens down. It's not a joke. I don't mean it for a joke. I mean it for a point. He's going to set his chicken and he didn't have enough eggs. He put a duck egg under one. And when they all hatched out, the duck was the funniest looking thing the chickens ever saw. So the hen would come to the chickens and the little chicks would come, but the duck didn't know that language. But one day the old hen let him out behind the barn. There was a creek down behind the barn. When that little duck smelt that water, he took out to the water as hard as he could go. The old hen said, cluck, 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 and the little duck said, honk, honk, honk. He's headed for the water. Why? He was a duck by nature. When he smelt water, brother, he couldn't keep away from it, for he was a duck. And I say today, any people that really want to find God, they won't let no church dictate to them and say that they can't live better If you've got the nature of God in you, you'll go to holiness, you'll go to the right thing, you'll think for the right thing, you'll do the right thing, you'll think the right thing, you'll live the right thing. If you're a duck, you like water. If you're a Christian, you like Christ. If you're a devil, you like the things of the devil. If you're a buzzard, you eat dead things. If you're a pig, you root manure. Where are you at today? Right! You claim it to be up here eating the things of the Lord. They go down and root with the devil. There's something wrong with it. Quit listening to them spirits. They're devils. No matter if you have to stand alone. Man and women that's ever married anything, nearly been men and women who stood alone with God. Look at Micah, how he stood there like, not the rock of Gibraltar, but the rock of ages. He said, I'll not speak nothing. I don't care what the seminary says. I don't care what my congregation says. 
I don't care what the king says. If they cut my head off, I'll only say what God puts in my mouth to say. He was right. He was right. Today, men and women don't pay no attention to what the world's got for you, what its treatment it's got, what kind of a bacteria inoculation they have and claim. If you join the church, you'll be all right. That's a false inoculation. Why wow, you still got the disease of sin? That's right. God tell you one thing better that will inoculate you from sin. That's come through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that will inoculate you from all sin and your desires will be heaven bound. And you won't have no time for the things of the world. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, when we see these enticing spirits upon people and knowing that they are despising the things of God. I pray, God, that you'll get a hold of every man and woman in here today. Let this be a day, Lord, that they'll realize that their life doesn't tally up with the Word, and they've been listening to the wrong thing, that the devil's been soothing them down with old True Story magazines, old rotten communists of the world, and old moving picture shows and unclean televisions. Oh, God, such impossible things for a Christian to look at. God, it makes us sick. You said it made you sick like vomit. You said a dog goes to its vomit and a, and a hog goes to its water. An old dog will vomit up something. See an old half-born, supposed to be hypocritical person come to you and like you're going to vomit up the world. If you don't keep your eye on me, come right back and eat the thing again. Oh, God, cleanse your house, Lord. Hallelujah. Send the Holy Ghost with such old-time convictions. That'll clean a man's appetite and clean his soul and clean him up and make him a heaven-bound creature. Give him renew his youth and his bowels like the eagle, that he might mount up and surpass the things of this world and soar in the heaven down to earth. He can see the troubles coming in the distance. Grant it, Lord, you liken your prophets to them. The eagle that had the eye of the eagle could go away high and see things a long time before it got there. Oh, God bless this little church. Bless these people that come here. Bless the strangers in the gates today, and let them know that this message was not directed to no personal uh, being, but directed especially, Lord, to those who are deeply in need, knowing that someday we must stand together in the judgment of God, and knowing that we'll be held responsible for knowing the truth and not saying it. Father, I pray that it will be taken upon every heart, in Jesus' name, with our heads bowed just a moment. I wonder if there's someone here this morning who would say, Brother Branham, I'm sick and tired of these little things. they got petty things that hung on me so long. I, I'm always talking out of term. I'm, I'm doing things I shouldn't do. And I know it's not becoming to a Christian. I don't want to do that. God knows I don't. And I don't want to listen to that old spirit anymore. It's the thing that's kept me down all my life from having real love and freedom in Christ. I want you to pray for me, Brother Bram, and say, it'll leave me this day. Will you raise your hand? Never head to bow. God bless you. Oh, my dozens of hands. Little old petty things. Little old things that make you talk or start some kind of a little fussing in the church. Make you take sides with something other like that. Oh, that's ungodly. That's discord among brothers. And don't do that. You don't want that. You don't want that. And little old things, little old tempers and everything else to keep you down. Say, God, I don't want that thing no more. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm ready today to discard it. I'm coming now, Lord, and I want to get away from all my selfishness. If my brother doesn't treat me right, I'll pray for him anyhow. If my daddy doesn't treat me right, I love him anyhow. If my wife doesn't treat me right or my husband, I go about humble before God. 
Lord, I look holy to your kingdom. I want my mind straight. I want my heart full of joy. I want to go about when trouble is really buzzing around me. I still want to stay with my hands up and my heart pure before you, Lord, knowing this is someday I'll meet you. I want that kind of experience. Lord, make me that from this day. Would you raise your hand? Somebody that didn't raise your hand a while ago, God bless you. God bless you. Sister, give us a little card while we have our heads down. How much do you really mean it? Don't play now. This is not a playing time. This is a receiving time. This is the time that you must get it. Come dump it out right now, will you? Come give all you got to God. Say, God, I ain't got very much. I'm this little housewife. I can't do very much, Lord, but I, I can read your Bible. I can pray every day. I can throw out all the trash that's in my mind. I can throw all that stuff out. I'm guilty of a lot of things that preacher said this morning. So I, I'm dumping out today. I don't want it. God fill me with love. Fill me with the thing that makes me love the bitter enemy I got. I really want it, Lord. While we she's playing, she's here. Won't you come now and stand the altar just a moment while we gather with a word of prayer? If you really mean that now, if you're really ready to forsake it, you'll never leave this altar today with that on your heart if you'll come sincere and say, I'm coming up here just to stand just a minute, Brother Brandon. Therefore, you have a word of prayer with me personally. I, I want you to come pray. Will you come now? With your head back, who arrives and comes to the altar? Ask me somebody comes up and goes speaking about somebody else, you go right in with them and all oh, just run them down. That's wrong, brother. Don't do that. That'll finally keep you out of promise land. If you just got into little things that you ought to have, if the love of God really is in your heart, won't you be lady and man? Walk up and say, God, right here, I'm going to dump it out this morning, right here. I'm going away with this order, different person. Would you come? Is there a sinner that has never accepted Jesus? You know you're a sinner. You don't know him as your Savior. You say, Brother Brandon, yes, I thought I had a lot of pleasure. I go to dances and parties and all those things. I watch the wrong kind of shows and I, I read the wrong kind of literature. I read old books that's got vulgar stories in it. I kind of enjoy reading it. Brother, there's something wrong with you. That's your appetite. See? You let me see what a man reads. Let me see what he watches. Listen to the music he listens at. The other day, coming along in a car, a certain person reached over and turned on my radio, some kind of old vulgar music. 
I said, turn that thing off. I don't want to hear that. Some old boogie woogie stuff. I said, well, I like to hear that. I said, your nature's wrong. You're wrong. And I was out here a few days after that, up on the mountainside or hillside fishing with the person. Them little birds is the same. The last of the horns. The old Martin Gale flying up in the air or Nightingale. Singing the praises. I hollered that boy up to the boy. That's my music. Keep that turned on. That's my radio. God sends him down and sings to me while here. It soothes my soul. Better than all the old crazy stuff, these old jukeboxes are roaring and going on where you can't even eat in a public place. It's a devil's diet. It's a devil's house. All messed up with sin. All y'all gummed up out there and enjoy that. When they put that money in them little boxes and all that old dirty stuff, come on. You enjoy that shame on you. You're a backslider. You're away from God. You don't know God. If you know God and forgiveness of your sins, you'd never listen to such nonsense as that. It'd be dead to you. You'd, you'd vomit from it. You don't want it. Your diet's better. You love God. Won't you come this morning, kneel down here with these confessors this morning? Here's many women kneeling right here. It's been Christian for years. I'm not unchristianizing them, but what I'm trying to do is tell them that devil that's haunting them is keeping them out of the pool of joy. The Holy Ghost is joy. When I wake up drunk, I go to bed drunk, I'm drunk all day long, drunk all night long. Oh, I, just, I just love it. I go face down this passing out old town, take you here in my home of God. I go hunting and singing the praises of God. I'm preaching out everywhere I go. Don't you want to be that way? Full of the Holy Ghost. It's stimulation. Oh, my. You're singing more dirty songs. You can sing it. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go? I am bound for the promised land.
Get rid of all sign of the weight now. Don't listen to those enticing spirits. Come listen to the word of God. Bless the of the Lord. Bless your religion, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's bow our heads now while we pray with these at the altar. Your children, won't you remember this morning you're there to lay aside the weight? You're allowed to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. Paul said in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, seeing that we are compassed about but such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that's easily beset us. And what shall our more say? For time would not tell of Gideon of Balak, of Barak, of Samson, of Job, of David, of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong, and whacked the violence of the enemy in flight, and women received their dead, raised to life, and others received torment, cruel markets, scourges, gay over, more in this bonds and imprisonment, and, and others who had trials, mocking, scourging, they all obtained a good report through faith. And all these hadn't obtained a good report through faith. Receive not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that without us they might not be made perfect. Wherefore, see, we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that's easily beset us, that we might run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and set out at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus in his prayer says, Father, I sanctify myself. Jesus becomes sanctified to the church. He could have got married, but he didn't do it. He becomes sanctified. He said, sanctify them, Father, through the truth. Thy word is the truth. Now let's lay aside every weight. You got a temper? You got something about you that makes you talk when you ought not to talk? Oh, God, lay it there now. Lay it there. Watch the fire of the altar come down and take it away. Watch the love of God lick it up. Watch all that old selfishness, the way you've been talking to your wife, the way you've been talking to your husband. The way you've been talking to your neighbor, the way you've talked about the people in the church, lay it on the altar this morning, and the fire of God will come down and take it right away, and divine love will burn in this place. You got sickness laid on the altar. Say, Lord, here it is. Create in me a clean spirit. Create in me a healing power. See what God will do. God will do it this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence in behalf of those at the altar. Let thy grace rest upon each one of them, Father. Now, as they, Lord, I can't do it for them. 
They've got to do it themselves. No man can do it for them. They have to do it alone. Let their souls now say in their self, Oh God, this temper, I'll lay it down here, Lord. I'll never pick it up. No matter what comes or go, I'll let it go from now on. This tongue of mine has been easy to take sides with a bunch of gossip. Lord, I'm laying it down here. I'll never pick it up again. Sanctify my tongue, Lord. Let me feel the angels coming through like Isaiah did. When he said, I'm of unclean lips, woe is me. And the angel comes up the tongs and went to the altar and got the coals of fire and laid on his lips and sanctified him. God sanctify every talker this morning that talks wrong and sows this card. Grant it, Lord. All the diseases that's found here in this building disease people, knowing that they're devils too. God is your servant, I rebuke them in Jesus' name. May they come out of every sick person. And may every unclean person that's got unclean thoughts, vulgar, lust, men and women alike, God take it out of them. All these here trying to get rid of cigarettes and little social drinks and little parties and selfish things. God stimulate their heart with the Holy Ghost in such a way that those things won't have any desire no more. They'll have no room here to pull the Holy Ghost from now on. God make this little church a burning bush. Make it a Holy Ghost place. Make it a burning fire that the world might turn aside to see the glory of God. God start with this little handful of people of a couple of hundred here this morning. Grant it, Lord, purify every heart, every Methodist, every Baptist, every Catholic, every Presbyterian, every Pentecostal. Lord, take it out of their heart and let them come to you today. Then it's hotter. I command them to you and commit them to you in Jesus Christ's name for the cleansing of their souls and the healing of their bodies. Amen. I wonder at the altar, have you left your burden? Do you feel like it's laying there? If you feel it's laying there, you be the judge. You're the one that's praying. I've done the preaching, you're doing the praying. Is your burden left there, brother, sister? Can you really leave it there? If you can, raise your hand and say, yes, God. Now I'll leave it here. My difference, I'll leave it here at the altar. What about it down the end of the altar here to my right, ladies? Can you leave it there? Can you leave that old burden later? Say, yes, my faith looked up to thee. Thou Lamb of Calvary. While we all sing it together now. My faith looked up to Now listen closely, everybody now, on all one lead, just service is not finished. I want you to get this sacredness, this solemnity. While life's dark maze I tread, 
and griefs around me spread, be thou my guide. If darkness turns to day, wipe sorrow's tears away, and let me from this day be holy thine. Don't sing it to your neighbor now. Close your eyes and let's sing it slowly as we raise our hands to God. Oh, life dark, may thy tread and around me spread, oh, be thou my God, somebody standing by you and say, brother, sister, pray for me and I'll meet you in the other land. Don't do it like you mean it. How many wants to meet one another? How many wants to meet everybody here over there? We sure we do. Now, let's just shake one another's hands and say, I want to meet you, brother. I want to meet you on the other side. Now, while we sing this, uh, I've got a Savior over yonder. I've got a Savior. <laughs> Feel good. Have fun. 
him as your king. Jesus, the light of the world, then the bell of heaven will ring. Jesus, the light of the world, everyone, walk in the
Listen, there's souls under the altar. It's time calling for the Lord to punish those who've done wrong. But there's going to be more who will give their life blood for this Holy Ghost gospel with its crimson blood. Just keep dripping with blood. Hallelujah! Just dripping with blood. I like to go right to the pulpit. Amen. Oh, how wonderful. My brethren, to give their life blood, there's going to be more. We'll do the same thing. Don't worry. It's coming down to a showdown pretty soon. You'll either go in or go out. They're all affiliating down the council of churches and all going in. They're all clamoring together. And they're going to be more who will give their life's blood for this Holy Ghost gospel and its living blood. It's dripping with blood. Yes, it's dripping. Oh, The rapture is just above the church. <laughs> oh, this makes you feel so good. All sins are under the blood. See, the Holy Spirit likes the Word. The Word, what the Holy Spirit feeds on, you see. Oh, now that comes down and gets them among the people. Cleanses their sins. Takes away their sickness. Takes their blues away. Now I'm drunk. Just drunk as I can be. Drunk on the Spirit. Love falling out of my heart. No matter what anybody has ever done, it's forgiven. I the bitter enemy, it's all over. Anybody's ever talked or said anything about oh, I, I wish it's all gone? All clean down. And it's dripping with blood.
Jesus our King. What a wonderful time will be. Like that? Everybody, come on. Wonderful time for you. Oh, wonderful time for me. As we all prepare Jesus our King. What a wonderful I just feel like an old-fashioned revival is in this church, don't you? Just an old cleansing up, scouring out, good old wonderful time. Don't you feel good? Oh, I will praise him, I will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners. Let's everybody. You know what? I know, come you help me lead it, Brother Neville, and all of you together now, just raise your hand, sing it with me now. now.
wonderful time. Let's bow our heads now just a moment. Everyone look right straight to Christ now, your Savior. In a silent way, I want you to give him thanks and praise. Say, Lord, I so thank you for sanctifying my soul. I so thank you for all that you've done for me. Let thy spirit be upon me through the day, Lord. Guide me, direct me, bless me. God grant that blessing to you, is my prayer. Now, while we bow our heads, Brother Neville, you just listen to the word of prayer.